Hey, Sean Hannity here. Join me today at 3, but now back to Hurley in the Morning, right here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM, South Jersey's talk station. 53 minutes past the hour. Tom P. sends his best regards. He was just here. Uh, coming up, Doug Steinhardt at 7.04. Atlantic City Council President George Tibbet at 7.30. He's staying for a full hour. Mayor Marty Small is going to uh, join us at 8.04. I haven't mentioned this this morning, but we've mentioned it a number of times uh, in the run-up to the interview. We nabbed, and I thank Don P. Hurley because he actually nabbed it, but Judy Warren, W-A-R-N-E, the book release is today, America the Band, the first ever authorized biography at their 50th anniversary of America. And we'll interview the author, and it's quite an amazing story because she's very young, so she wouldn't have been listening to the uh, America in the 60s and, and when they really uh, became hugely popular in the 70s. That's when I uh, gravitated towards them, and they're in my top three club, and that's hard because I love music. I like a lot of different music. And Jerry Beckley, Der, uh, Dewey Bunnell, Dan Peake, uh, and obviously Dan Peake passed, and Jerry and Dewey, they've been together 50 years. But the, it's, it's an amazing story. Three, uh, three kids, basically, in England, although they're all Americans, military guys, military families. They meet in London. They love music. And they had a burning desire to make their own. And it's an, it's an incredible story. And they authorized Jude Warren to write the book. The foreword is by Billy Bob Thornton, the actor. Obviously, he loves America. And I just, I love it. So we're going to have a great interview with her coming up at 835. And then Gary Aldrich from a secret undisclosed location coming up in the 9 o'clock hour. Let me share with you some news on um, what's happening COVID-19-wise and reopening different things. Disney World will open Disney Springs on a limited scale beginning May 20th, so that's only five days away. Still no word on when the parks will open up or when Universal Studios will open up, but this is a big hurdle crossed. The Walt Disney Company and the unions representing the workers at Florida's Walt Disney World have reached an agreement on safeguards to protect employees from the coronavirus. And the union released some very, very positive words because they represent the 43,000 workers at Walt Disney World, and it's much like this baseball thing. If you don't get an agreement, if you can't get a collective bargaining agreement, you're just dead in the water. And I have a prediction for you. I made it with Chuck Malamut the other day. As much as I know we need baseball and I want baseball, I don't think we're going to have baseball, and I'm going to tell you why. Here's a, a case study. Tampa Bay star pitcher Blake Snell says risking his life by playing Major League Baseball during the coronavirus pandemic for reduced pay is, quote, just not worth it, end quote. Perhaps you remember me telling you that when the union 
and I think they scored an incredible victory. When they scored the concession that if there is no baseball, then the players get 100% of what they got paid last year. I thought, we're not going to have baseball. Because the best case scenario is some truncated spring training, a half a season if you're lucky, and all kinds of concession with revenue and all of that. So think about it. You have to understand, this is not like when baseball players played for the love of the game. Some of them still do, but it's a business. This isn't like star players years ago that were selling cars and selling insurance and doing other things the rest of the year because they didn't make any money to speak of. They got paid, but it wasn't enough to live. So they did it for the love of the game, but they had to work all year long because they weren't making the kind of money that could make it your full-time vocation. Quote, The risk is way the hell higher, and the amount of money I'm making is way lower. Why the hell would I think about doing that? Question mark. Quote, end quote, Snell said. Quote, it's not worth it. I love baseball and that, but it's just not worth it. And he goes on to talk about it's a shorter season, less pay, and he says, I've got to get my money. I'm not playing unless I get mine. That's just the way it is for me. I'm sorry if you guys think differently. Quote, for me to take a pay cut, it's not happening because the risk is through the roof. You've got to understand, you're all going to be like, Blake, play for the love of the game, man. What's wrong with you? Why should you, you know, it doesn't make sense. He says, why should that be a thing? Bro, I'm risking my life. What do you mean it should not be a thing? It should be 100% be a thing. If I'm going to play, I should be getting the money I signed to be getting paid. And he says more. 95.5 FM and 1450 AM, WPGG Atlantic City, WENJ 97.3, HD3 Millville. Doug Steinhardt. Democrats say they must act now. I'm Dave Anthony, Fox News. Republicans say we have to wait longer. Not supporting a new round of stimulus for the corona-battered economy yet. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell told Fox... We need to verify how we've done so far. Uh, make sure we know whatever mistakes we made, we don't want to repeat. That's Fox's Rachel Sutherland now. More live on the House plan. Dave, the White House has issued a veto threat, but House Democrats are moving forward with the $3 trillion coronavirus relief bill. It includes a billion dollars for state, local, and tribal governments and more direct payouts to Americans. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi says lawmakers can't wait. Families know that hunger doesn't take a pause. Not having a job doesn't take a pause. Not being able to pay the rent doesn't take a pause. The package also includes $200 billion in hazard pay for essential workers, as well as relief for those struggling to make rent and mortgage payments. Dave? Rachel, President Trump, who's faced a lot of criticism over a slow ramp-up of coronavirus testing, is touting a milestone. America has now conducted its 10 
millionth test. The president at a medical equipment facility in Allentown, Pennsylvania, urging more areas of that state should reopen. There's a planned protest today at Pennsylvania's capital. The CDC has new guidelines out. They come in the form of brief checklists and separate one-page documents to help schools, workplaces, camps, child care programs, mass transit systems, bars and restaurants as they try to reopen. Fox's Todd Pyro, 10 states are lifting more restrictions today. Restaurants in Ohio are now allowed again to seat and serve people outside their establishment. It won't be until next Thursday that diners will be able to sit inside and eat. That's Fox's Grinnell Scott. Parts of New York can also reopen today, but not any areas around New York City. Hardest hit in the corona crisis. It's infected 1.4 million people nationwide. America's listening to Fox News. We're all in uncharted territory, looking for ways to support our communities. At Dell Technologies, we're making sure small businesses have the right tech solutions. Dell Technologies advisors are here for you, from helping small businesses stay connected and productive while working remotely with Windows 10 and Microsoft Teams, to rapidly deploying remote work solutions that limit upfront costs with Dell Financial Services. We're standing by you every step of the way. Call 877-ASK-DELL. That's 877-ASK-DELL. Right now, it feels like the world's standing still. But if you look to the land, it's a whole different story. From farms to backyards, wheels are turning, seeds are being planted, animals are getting fed, grass is growing, and families are giving their all to the soil. Because no matter how uncertain things get, the land never stops. So to all those linked to the land, John Deere says thank you. We're here for you because we all run together. Nothing runs like a deer. WBG Talk Radio 95.5 weather from Chief Meteorologist Dan Zero. Today is our big warm-up day. Following a few early morning showers, we'll see a mix of sun and clouds and we'll feel a warming breeze today. High temperatures around 82 degrees. It'll be cooler on barrier islands and along the Delaware Bay. There is a chance for a shower or thunderstorm tonight. It'll be partly cloudy and warm with a low of 66. Tomorrow, still warm, less humid. More prominent sea breeze, though. High falls to 72. Nice day with partly to mostly cloudy skies. Only 62 with clouds and showers Sunday. I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zarrow on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. I'm Lender. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Four minutes past the hour. Thanks for waking up early in the morning. We are joined by... Uh, a good friend. He's been a great chairman. The chairman of the New Jersey Republican State Committee, Chairman Doug Steinhardt, is here. Mr. Chairman, welcome back, sir. Good morning, sir. How are you this morning? I am well, and I want to get your take on Joe Biden from his basement bunker with his typical glitchy technology, uh, holding court with, with certain governors, and I guess trying to be a shadow president. Your thoughts? Yeah, I, I thought it was interesting that he, he finally emerged uh, after two months of not checking in even once uh, on what was going on in, in the state of New Jersey, the second hardest hit state in the country, um, that he would finally you know emerge uh, for this, this event, this virtual event last night with, with Governor Murphy. I thought it was even more ironic that, that Murphy would tell 
tell them that the U.S. needs them uh, because we need a plan. We haven't seen a plan from Phil Murphy of any kind, a COVID plan, a budget plan, a revenue plan, a, an unemp- a plan to tackle unemployment, to get the state reopened, nothing since the crisis started. Uh, maybe you should have been calling Joe Biden sooner. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it was equally interesting to me that you have governors Amat and, and Whitmer on the phone, both of whom have been have uh, been able to come up with reopening plans, just not us. Mm. And and that's saying a lot because Whitmer has been so radical. It's been unbelievable. I mean, almost just intoxicated with power maniacally. And yes, even she has a plan. But I, I, I think what happened in her case, Chairman, people of her state, they weren't taking it anymore. She was not going to be able to continue at, at the rate that she was going. I think it shows the power of the people. Uh, they they stood up and and they weren't they just weren't weren't taking it anymore. Let me take your temperature in a COVID nineteen uh, era on the following, Mr. Chairman. Even in a potentially deadly pandemic, everything has really turned political. It seems, which is regrettable. You would hope that in life and death matters, there would be something that wouldn't be hyper partisan, hyper political. Democrats appear to want to stay shut down. Let's just look at the, if we, do, if we get dispassionate about this, just look at the evidence. And I hate this red state, blue state thing with a passion and once wrote 2,000 words on it. The media created red and blue states so they could report how divided we are uh, because it was never done that way before. When President Reagan was elected president, the states were colored blue as they came in. It was never about creating uh, this this division that they do now uh, it was only a way of going from the black and white TV era to the color TV era so that you could understand the map. It was for contrast, not to divide people. But the Democrats appear to want to stay shut down. I think it's for political purposes to hurt the November uh, election, particularly for President Trump. Republicans want to reopen safely, so we have a difference there. Democrats want to spend $3 trillion more with guaranteed income, benefits for illegals, and all kinds of stuff. Oh, vote by mail forever, and all this stuff that's in that that crazy slop that Pelosi wants. Republicans want to go slower. They want to evaluate what and how the previous trillions of dollars have been spent. And if it's worked and if it hasn't worked, how to adjust going forward. How are we going to get on with this thing if the entire matter has now become completely hyper-political, Chairman. Thank you. Um, long question. I'll do my best to, to cut yeah. through it in a couple parts. First, you know, I would agree with you, Harry. I, I think it's tragic that people are exploiting um, the, the crisis for political gain. Take Joe Biden, who says that, you know... It, where we can use COVID-19 to fundamentally transform America. Awful. Uh, it seems to be uh, it seems to be the same exact page that uh, Phil Murphy's operating off of, uh, using COVID-19 to push his agenda here, randomly shutting down firearm stores when this started. As of today, ranges still aren't open. Then the Bill of Rights is above his pay grade. I would agree with you uh, that the the reason that the state continues, the governor continues to slow walk reopening the state of New Jersey uh, has much less to do with science than it does politics. It's wrong uh, that the New Jersey private sector uh, alone is being left to bear the economic burden of uh, this COVID crisis so far. Uh, no cuts from the public sector, no furloughs in the public sector. Meanwhile, we still have more than a million people out of work. Businesses are still shuttered. 
uh, I think in, in my mind, it seems clear, uh, and I ask your listeners to, to, to do the same calculus themselves, but uh, slow walk and reopening the economy because he doesn't want to touch his base. He doesn't want to go after the 400,000 public sector workers out there uh, that, uh, that vote Democratic nearly every election cycle. And I'll come back to what I said when I started. New Jersey needs a plan, one with dates, one with benchmarks, uh, enough of the governor hiding behind science. He needs to start being guided by it. Take a look at the graph that he puts up when he does his, when he does his uh, daily uh, briefings. Cases are down by over 50% per day. ICU admissions are down to about half capacity. Hospitals uh, are down to about half capacity. Only 7% of the folks being tested now uh, are testing positive. We The doubling time of the virus is 65 days. Now, that's lower than every other state on the chart that Phil Murphy pops behind his head uh, when he gives his crisis, then uh, gives his updates, than New York State. I don't know why we don't have a plan other than the governor is using at this point to advance an agenda, to advance a political agenda. I couldn't agree with you more. Chairman, how do you respond to... To, uh, if he was here right now, he'd say, well, chairman, b- because we have everybody shut in and we're doing social distancing and only going out when we absolutely have to and everything is shut down, that's the reason that we flattened the curve and that now we see these things uh, leveling off. What is it? Is it a is it a justification to say now, don't get me wrong. I don't fully agree with what I'm saying now. It just it enables us to have a conversation. But could you make a serious argument that it's worked. Um, look, I'm not saying that we didn't need to do something. I mean, I think there's, I think a, a, a plausible argument, Harry, could be made that uh, due to the governor's early indecisiveness, uh, had he acted sooner, uh, had we taken steps earlier, uh, one might say that that uh, we we. we shut down segments of the economy too late, and as a result, we're opening too late. We could have flattened the curve sooner. It could have been uh, less intrusive. Let's talk about some of the things that the state has done to drop the ball. Let's talk about the fact that we've called for, we've had the call now for a federal investigation uh, into the state's failures in, the, in its long-term care facilities. Yeah, yeah that's a scandal. 600 plus 600 plus long-term care facilities in New Jersey. Uh, back in 2018, 11 children die from adenovirus uh, in, in Wanakue, New Jersey, in a long-term care facility. Uh, the state, the, the legislature is, um, introduces a piece of legislation uh, that would improve uh, testing and, and uh, regulations at those long-term care facilities. Uh, but when it's presented to the Department of Health, they balk because they say they don't have the money or the staff to actually enforce it. So what does the governor do? They, let them, they give them a pass. Uh, they remove all those restrictions uh, and requirements from the legislation, and the bill moves through. March 31st, Harry, as you well know, uh, Department of Health issues a letter uh, to the long-term care facility saying that you can't test admissions or readmissions uh, into those facilities for COVID-19. As a result, we have a pandemic within those facilities of epic proportions. Yep. More than 50% of the deaths in New Jersey are directly related uh, to the long-term care facilities, highest rate in the country. Uh, that. 6.11 p.m. two nights ago, the Democratic uh, Committee of DOH calls for an investigation. And less than an hour later, 
they rescind it and say, we're just going to let Governor Murphy's consultants deal with it. I think it's a travesty. It's a scandal. It's going to follow Governor Murphy through to the end of his term. Uh, and it's why we uh, call for the federal government to look into it yesterday. Yeah, the shame there is I really believe he just followed what I call the Andrew Cuomo doctrine, uh, because that's what we've pretty much done. We're one to two days behind every decision that Andrew Cuomo makes. And some of the decisions he made were just abysmal. Think about it. He had... He had that um, warship, that hospital ship, Comfort. Uh, he had the Javits Center. Why would I? I kept saying, even before this became common and popular, to say, why would you take COVID-infected patients and put them in a long-term care facility where they do not have the critical care uh, setup, they don't have the distancing that you would need, they don't have the filtration. They don't have enough space. They wouldn't have a separate area for any of this. And this was totally preventable, and something has to be done about that. I mean, I, I'm I'm going to say this, and I don't know if you agree. I'm willing to say this. I think that decision should be looked at criminally. That decision to to willfully place people who were sick with a deadly disease that affects our elderly more than any other segment of our population and to put them, I mean, look what Washington State did, and then look what New York did, and then look what New Jersey did, and others who followed. That decision is not defendable. I think it's hypocrisy of saying that uh, you can't test uh, patients leaving acute care facilities who've had COVID-19 for COVID-19 when you're going to put them into a long-term care facility that's not even remotely as well equipped to handle the crisis, right? Uh, and and then uh, deal with the repercussions of it. So, you know, look, I got my parents, uh, love them to death. They, they both turned 78 years old this year. Fortunately, they're, they're still at home. But, you know, I shudder to think what would have happened uh, had they required long-term care facility uh, care uh, in New Jersey. In my, in my hometown alone, uh, where we have three long-term care facilities, uh, they've been dealing, we have the highest rate in our county uh, solely because uh, of the cases coming out of those three long-term Chairman, care. we were letting and are letting criminals leave jail for compassionate release so they don't get COVID-19 and we were putting people with COVID-19 in long-term care facilities in the midst of innocent people just trying to live their lives and stay alive. How, how could they do this? And they got to answer that question. How could you do this? Well, it takes me back to what, what, what you said five minutes ago, and I think what I picked up on uh, in, in, in mentioning uh, Vice President Biden's comment about using COVID-19 to frontal enemy transform uh, America. You know, I mean, the the the, the governor has made it clear uh, that that prison reforms uh, and softening uh, the uh, our treatment of of offenders and repeat offenders is a part of his progressive platform. Uh, and take a look at what's going on now. Uh, he's using the COVID crisis as an opportunity to double down uh, on that page of his platform yeah. uh, and empty state prisons uh, and put people back on the streets. Yeah, but then put infected people uh, in uh, innocent extended living uh, senior citizen homes and so on. Also, let me take this opportunity to give credit because he's been absolutely tremendous his leadership throughout this pandemic and that's our great senator michael testa in uh, district one because he is calling for the investigation that you're talking about chairman we have to it's uh, and i like governor murphy personally it's not a gotcha thing we have to find out how did anyone believe 
And I believe he just completely copied what Cuomo did. It was the same thing two days later. And that's what I've been noticing and I've been remarking that what if you want to know what's going to happen in New Jersey, watch Andrew Cuomo because one or two days later we'll be doing the same thing. That's not 100% perfect, but it's way up there. I'd put it in the 90-some percentile. Chairman, in the three minutes that we have, and those just joining us, we're with Doug Steinhardt, chairman of the Republican uh, New Jersey Republican State Committee. Chairman, in terms of if we're going to follow the science, even Governor Cuomo was just – he was – almost exasperated by it because it was against everything they were doing. He showed that 66% of New York cases are the people who are shut in and that people that actually are going outside and getting sunlight and things like that, they're not the cases at this point. So if you shut everybody in and there are most of your cases, maybe we ought to look at the fact that the science also says, Chairman Steinhardt, that the sun kills the coronavirus in seconds and maybe being outside more is better than being inside and that's the science saying that yeah look, you know one thing i know is uh to kind of stay stay in the lanes i know best uh i was good at history i was good at english i wasn't the best at science and math uh but i'll tell you you know we all read the same reports we all pay attention to what's happening i i do think that um that the governor has, as I said before, kind of is at this point just hiding behind, you know, his perception of the science uh, instead of being guided by it. Uh, there are a lot of things that we can be doing. What I do know is, you know, three things essentially. Uh, I would say that, you know, we're not in this alone. Forty-nine other states have dealt with the COVID crisis, uh, and as we sit here, you and I talking on on May sixteenth, New Jersey is still is the last state without a, an economic reopening plan. Uh, you know, we need a plan with dates. We need a plan with benchmarks, one that gives people hope, as I said, one that's guided by science. Two, we need to be talking about real economic reforms, uh, Harry. We need to talk about budgetary reforms. Yeah. We just learned the other day that revenues are down 60%. It's going to cost us about $3.5 billion just this year, $10 billion next year. Um, we can't be talking about sales taxes. And I was going to say, are we looking at massive sales tax increases, a new tax on the gas? Because obviously everything is down. Toll revenue is down, and they want to raise the tolls in this environment of a global pandemic. I mean, we you have to admit, we have some crazy stuff going on right now beyond just the pandemic. The response to the pandemic and some of these other things. But I would imagine that that's, that is Democrat uh, 101. If you have a revenue shortfall, you raise taxes. That's what they do. Of course, because, you know, there's never a discussion about living within our means, about reducing spending. Uh, it's just figuring out a way to, to fill revenue holes. Uh, the, the federal government, no, no, no one in their right mind is going to be lending New Jersey the billions of dollars that Phil Murphy's asking for when we can't get our own economic house in order. We can't be raising taxes when we've got a million people unemployed and businesses uh, still shuttered. You know, and, and the last thing I'd point out to you is we need to be talking about improving our state's tax climate, bringing jobs back to New Jersey, putting people back to work. You know, you mentioned Mike Testa. You know, I, Mike is a friend. I respect his political acumen, his legal acumen. We talk almost daily. I spoke to him a couple times yesterday. Uh, he, he's been a great collaborator throughout this crisis because we share, uh, I think, similar perspectives on things. But, you know, 
what I've learned, Terry, if I got a minute left, yeah. you know, sitting around my house over the course of the last, uh, these last eight months, uh, you know, with my family, I had my daughter home, I had my son home, uh, you know, my wife home, is that, uh, you know, family's worth fighting for. Uh, and as I've, as I've, we've all seen for the last two and a half years, the governor's policies are, you know, tearing apart New Jersey's families. They're killing New Jersey's jobs. I don't want to be a parent or grandparent that's got to visit his children or his grandchildren on Zoom meetings. Uh, because my kids can't afford to, to start a life in New Jersey. They can't buy a house here or, or find a job here. Uh, and, you know, I think that's worth fighting for. Uh, I think a lot of New Jerseyans uh, love this state, uh, you know, want to fight to be able to afford to stay here. Uh, and unfortunately, we have a governor that historically has just shown poor judgment weak leadership, uh, and poor fiscal management. Uh, and, you know, I look forward to the point when uh, New Jersey socially distances itself from him. Do you think we have to have the stomach to understand that when we do reopen and we reopen, quote, safely and responsibly and all of that, that we might see uh, some increase? This, this coronavirus is not going to be 100% gone at the time that we're, we're going to reopen. It's going to be very much still here. Uh, because then I just sense the other side, and it's a shame that we should be just one side. We should just be Americans. But they're going to say, look, see, and look what they did. And just imagine if they try to shut us down again. I see this as um, very difficult based on the politics of it. Not, not if we were dealing with it just as humans and we were dealing with it intellectually, honestly, no problem. But the first time, you know they're going to be saying it, uh, Steinhardt or whoever they want to pick, Testa, uh, anybody, they got Trump, you got blood on your hands. The very first person that tests positive, that's what we're going to hear. I know it. Well, you want to talk about blood on our hands, take a look at the veterans' home in Paramus. Take a look at any one of the other 600 or some long-term care facilities, uh, and we can talk. We can have the debate about who uh, in this state right now has blood on their hands, Harry. Fair. Uh, that's a serious conversation for, for any of us to have at any point in time, and as we both said earlier, why I think it warrants a federal investigation. Uh, but in terms of the future, you know, I, I don't know that anyone knows. Uh, there are a lot of medical experts out there. There are a lot of scientific experts out there. There are a lot of economists out there. All have different perspectives. Some politically driven. Some intellectually driven. Uh, but you know, I I would say to you uh, and to your listeners that you know I still think we have there's still light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, there's a lot of things we have left to learn. Uh, we need to be guided by our best uh, practical judgment, not our best political judgment, but we can't stay locked in our homes forever. We can't keep businesses closed forever. We can't keep people home forever. Uh, we need to be able to feed our families. We need to be able to educate our children. Uh, there is a way to do that safely, and I said before, New Jersey can't be the only state in the union uh, that's unable to come up with an economic reopening plan uh, that balances those interests. Chairman Doug Steinhardt, great to be with you. Let's keep in touch. I appreciate it, Harry. Thank you, sir. Appreciate you, sir. Thank you. 24 minutes past the hour. We have the president of Lang City Council coming up in about five minutes. We're going to go to break right now. And keep in mind, I'm buying everything that, that the chairman just presented. We have to open because people, we're killing people by staying closed. We have drug problems happening, drinking alcohol excessively, uh, domestic violence uh, despair, depression, businesses gone forever. With every week that we stay closed, more businesses are faltering and failing forever. And you can kill you. You can either try to save everyone by staying shut down for the rest of eternity and protecting everyone, 
And it, that's not even working because people that have followed and been totally compliant have gotten this. That have done everything right have gotten it because it is contagious, highly contagious. Sticky, they call it. But we can't stay closed forever. We, we either, what do we do? We try to save the patient by killing the country. That, so there has to be a give and take here. In, in other words, you have to assess risk. What risk are you willing to take? Are you willing to take the risk that some people are still going to get sick and some people are going to unfortunately even die? And if you look at any other virus, SARS or any other, the swine flu, H1N1, they didn't shut anything down. And millions of people got it. And tens of thousands died. So at some point, we've got to open, and it's got to be sooner rather than later. Turn up your radio. Here's the Sean Hannity Morning Minute. This is the insurance policy. Why did Strzok and Page talk about, well, the White House uh, wants to be informed every step of the way? Why did they point out, well, if he ever does get elected, we have an insurance policy. Now we know what it is. And now the country has been brought to the precipice of unprecedented breakdown because of this at leading into that idiot liar, congenital liar shift and this Ukraine nonsense. To be uh, a Democrat, you have to be all against Russian interference, but not Hillary's Russian disinformation uh, that was used as a basis to deny Americans their civil rights and liberties to spy on a presidential candidate, his transition team and his presidency in the hopes of bringing this man down and impeaching him. That's what happened. Now the question is, how do we hold them all accountable? Check out the Sean Hannity Radio Show later today, right here. So home, where the heart is, that's something we all understand, and we're now home more than ever. Well, our friends at Blinds.com, they make it simple and affordable to shop for the top quality blind shades, interior shutters for your home. They have easy online ordering, free shipping, free design consultation. They'll be with you every step of the way, just like they have helped millions and millions of homeowners with free design help. And, of course, they guarantee the perfect fit for your windows. Go to Blinds.com today. Rules, restrictions apply. You know, with all the uncertainty in the world, feeling safe at home has never been more important. Now, Simply Safe has made it easy to finally get protection for you and your family. You order online, you set it up yourself in under an hour. Your home is protected 24 7, emergency dispatch for any break in, and all of this and more for just 50 cents a day. And right now, when you go to simplysafehannity.com, you will get a free HD security camera at simplysafehannity.com to protect your home and your family. Brian Kilmeade is next at 10. Now, back to Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. All right, quick reset. We're approaching 30 minutes past the hour. We ran long in the the segment by a few minutes with uh, Chairman Doug Steinhardt, but I thought his content was very important, so we were were willing to do that. So I've got to get a quick break in. It's a very short break, and then we'll come right back with Atlantic City Council President George Tibbet, who will be joining us next. Uh, as the morning goes on, uh, we'll be with the Council President through the top of the hour, and he'll continue for the first half of the 8 o'clock hour. Also, the Mayor of Atlantic City, Marty Small, is going to join us. Uh, he scored, you talk about a good week, the, the win at the ballot question, and then securing what some would consider to be 
an upset. I don't, because he is the incumbent. He has done uh, a demonstrated good job, and it didn't make any sense other than the Atlantic City Democratic Committee. And I do have respect for the committee prospect uh, process, but other than they voted for a neophyte, there was no there was no justifying not giving the incumbent mayor the regular Democrat line. But it could I mean you. He could have defended it. He could say, look, I, it is my choice. I'm talking if I'm Suleiman. It is my choice, but the Democratic committee voted for this one, this this person over the incumbent, and I'm going to honor that. I'm going to I'm going to respect that. But I'll tell you what I think really helped close the deal a lot. Yesterday, before the chairman, Mike Suleiman, of the Atlanta County Democratic Party made his decision formal, you had Vince Mazio and John Armato, and George Tibbet, all endorsed Marty Small. And I, I really think that gave a lot of comfort. Friends of mine around the state also told me that Senate President Sweeney supported Marty Small over the person that was endorsed by the Atlantic City Democratic Committee. Uh, and a lot really converged. And, of course, the great victory at the ballot with the ballot question and the change in form of government. And it just all sort of created a perfect storm at exactly the right moment, and it all tipped in Mayor Small's favor. Devastating if you're Pam Fields, because if you have Craig Calloway for the vote by mail, and then you would be in column A, it would have been a real heavy lift for Mar Marty Small to be able to pull that off. Langford has done it, Tibbet has done it, but it's only been done very few times. We'll be back. In just a few minutes, don't go away. Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins. There have been a couple of times I've gone to the grocery store and people are crammed in there. You're telling me that a restaurant that has, let's say, 20 tables, they're only seating five tables at a time, you got to make a reservation. You're telling me that's more dangerous than going to Walmart right now? No way. No, that's it's ridiculous to, to right. think that. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, you're just trying to take common sense and apply it. Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins. Weekday afternoons at 1 on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. For complete contest rules, visit WPGTalkRadio.com. Thank you very much. We are joined at 36 minutes past the hour by Atlantic City Council President George Tibbet. Mr. President, welcome back, sir. Good morning, Harry. So it's been a big week. Let's do it chronologically. Tuesday, May 12th was certainly a day of great anticipation. There were a lot of unknowns, 23,000 or thereabouts, although we're hearing about people that didn't get ballots and even some people that got their completed ballots mailed back to them. A lot of screwy stuff happened in this thing, but uh, certainly uh, historic in, in terms of the first all-vote-by-mail ballot election in New Jersey history. And, and of course, the, the, the stakes couldn't have been higher if the ballot question had gone the other way. There would have been a whole new form of government coming to Atlantic City, five council people all elected at large, and then the appointment of a, a manager of the city. And so the, the citizens not only decided, uh, it was, I think, beyond any serious person's wildest expectations. I believe when all these other ballots are factored in, this is going to be about a four-to-one victory for the, the people that were supporting voting no, in other words, keeping the form of government the way that it is with nine 
city council members and one elected mayor. Your thoughts about all of that? Harry, uh, I'm very proud of the people of Atlantic City, and I'm very proud of the people uh, that worked on this campaign uh, down to the last minute of the campaign to get the vote out, to get the people uh, to actually participate in this election. Um, Harry, I can tell you firsthand, a lot of people were throwing them out, thinking they were junk mail and stuff. And, um, you know, the envelope looks like the census, so it was confused. People said, oh, I already sent the census in and threw it out. Um, I, I'm just so proud of the people. They didn't fall for it. They, uh, you know, this was a takeover. There was many types of government that they could have went for that would have protected the rights of referendum, uh, would have protected the rights of the people to have say. And, Let me ask you this, George. If it, if it had just say they picked a five-member city commission, or like it used to be in Atlantic City, do you think if it was a different form of government that there could have been a different result? Harry, I, I'm not sure, Harry, uh, because, like I said, it was overreaching what they did do. They were taking away the people's right to referendum, taking away their right to directly pick their mayor and council people, Harry. And, and um, a lot of people say, oh, let's go down to five council members. Let me tell you, they want to compare us to New York. Well, New York, or excuse me, Newark, well, their council members make $135,000 a year. They have petty cash funds. They have all types of uh, things. So Atlantic City, you get 27000 Harry, in the past, if we would have only had five council members, you probably wouldn't own Baderfield. You wouldn't own the water company today because Bob McDevitt did try and get us years ago to go for a voluntary state, state takeover. If you remember, he also tried to get Pacific Avenue one way from the expressway down towards the inlet, taking you away from the Down Beach casinos. There's a lot of things that they tried to do where he could have got three council members to go for that. Do you know how hard it is to get five council members to do something wrong? And then you have to go to the mayor and get him to go along with it. Also, it's in the best interest of the people when the stakes are as high as they are in the city of Atlantic City and the value of what people are trying to take from the citizens here. You know, it's in the best interest of the people to have the more, the better. You can never get that many people to do the wrong thing. Uh, Council President Tibbet, let me share with you a very good friend of mine. Basically, his best friend threw out his ballot, accidentally threw out his ballot, like like it, like you were like reading telepathy or something here into how the anatomy, how this happens. This and I know this individual. This is a smart person that's very politically savvy that always votes and probably just didn't even know. I think a lot of people didn't even know this was going to be an all vote by mail thing for the longest time. So there's a one anecdotal story of someone that threw their ballot in the trash and then they were not allowed to vote. There was no remedy for him to be able to vote. Well, the remedy would have been, and they came out with the remedy the night before, was you you could call the judge, and um, they had a judge on standby, and if you didn't get your ballot, you could call the judge, and he would allow you to go to 1313 uh, Atlantic Avenue. And vote on the machine? Uh, disability. At the dis oh, no, no, no. Mr. Summers was there giving out replacement ballots. I got you. And then you would have to take that ballot, and you would have to go. They had something set up with the Atlantic City Post Office where the postmaster there was sticking the ballots in a certain box, 
and that they were going to personally deliver the ballots from the Atlantic City office directly to the Mays Landing office. Because traditionally, you have to, everybody's mail, wherever you're from in Atlantic County, it goes to Belmar, it gets processed and sent to that individual municipality, wherever it's going to yeah, after yeah. that. Especially if they put enough po- uh, postage on it. Yes. And, and then the other thing was, was some people were using the old envelopes where it, you needed postage. The new envelopes that came out, you didn't need postage because a lot of people I saw, like a, a handful of people that got them back and, and said, why did this come back and show me? I said, well, because this envelope says postage, place postage here. Right. I said, you use the old envelope from the first uh, election and back in March. I said, you use that envelope and it says place postage here where the new envelopes that went out uh, a week before the election, postage was paid. Correct. Because they had made it an all-vote-by-mail election. Let me ask you about that, Council President Tibbet. Uh, you know my position on it. I, I'm in favor of people being able to vote. I'm not for disenfranchisement or anything like that. But this all-vote-by-mail stuff, I don't like it. I don't like it at all. Uh, I, I like there to be one election day, have finality. If you're too sick or you're going to be away or now that it's for any reason, if you want to vote by mail, you can vote by mail. Uh, I think, obviously, this vote by mail was a tremendous boost for the Vote No team because it enabled Craig Calloway and his team to do an average of about 275 vote by mail uh, ballots in the days after they finally arrived through Election Day, where they obviously would not have been able to do that many if it was doing it the way they did the first 11 or 1,200 so I think for certain people, the vote by mail is going to be fabulous. If if you're with Craig, it's golden. But if you're not, you almost have no chance to win. Do you agree or disagree with that statement? Um, I, I agree. Craig, Craig did a tremendous job. His team that he has, um, they work very hard, as well as a whole lot of others. Um, I could tell you the uh, South Asian community is one of the strongest Particip- up and coming, par- up and coming, participating communities. I mean, their participation rate is near ninety percent of wow. the people that participate, which is amazing. I mean, everybody else did a good job too, but that's a new up and coming uh, uh, powerhouse. What do you think about vote by mail forevermore? Because I really believe that part of this pandemic has been to to take full advantage of anything that you can. So, hey, let's not have an election where you go to the polls. But I, I don't understand how people that are disabled were able to go to the polls. I mean, there's so many constitutional issues here. 14th Amendment, equal protection. Uh, it's, it's just awful. But uh, I believe it's all on purpose. Make it all vote by mail. See how it goes. Then justify, hey, look, this is the way we need to do it as a state. Now, I believe that the July 7th primary will also be all vote by mail, which then could lead to the governor deciding that November 3rd is going to be all vote by mail in the state of New Jersey. Again, with the exception of having that 1313 Pacific Avenue or Atlantic Avenue um, for disabled and Ventnor may use the community center again. And in every community, they would have to have an area for disabled to be able to vote again i don't understand why they can vote on a machine but the regular you know the uh, the rest of the the voters cannot vote uh on a machine but do you do you agree or disagree with me that this is a trial run 
for making New Jersey a complete vote-by-mail state? Um, I'm not so sure about that, Harry, but I agree with you 100%. I do not like the all-vote-by-mail uh, uh, campaign uh, elections. I love going to the polls. I think your senior citizens especially, they they're... They enjoy going to the poll, hitting the buttons they want, and then pushing vote versus all this paperwork that goes with it, take the envelopes out, separate the junk mail inside of it from where the ballots. I can't tell you how many people uh, thought they didn't get a ballot inside because it was mixed with junk mail in there. So I I don't like it. I don't like it for the seniors because they don't like it. And um, come on, if we can line up at Home Depot, wrap around the block, we can hang up, uh, line up at Sam's Club but you can't line up to go vote with using social distance. I think he fumbled the ball on this. Uh, and uh, If you're going to do an all-vote by mail, well, then you got to change the rules on how you can help people with them because a lot of people do need help filling them out. you got to change the rules on the bearer laws. You have to change everything. You just can't go throwing them out there to get the right participation to ensure that there's... Uh, you know, confidence in that vote by mail. Let, let me jump in real quick. I appreciate the answer, and I'm only jumping in because I want to take this break. It's only going to be a couple of minutes. We'll have 10 minutes uninterrupted, and the council president is staying until 8.30. Mayor Small is going to join us at 8.04. He'll join the interview. We'll get his his remarks. And when we come back, let's start the conversation about what happened yesterday because it was uh, quite a day, and and particularly quite a day if you're Marty Small, and in fairness, quite a day if you're Pam Fields, because Pam Fields thought, oh my gosh, I can't believe this. Look at this. I've got Craig Calloway. I'm going to have the vote by mail, and I got the, the, the overwhelming vote of the Lansing Democratic Committee, so Chairman Mike Suleiman is going to have to give me the, the Democratic regular line. Oh my gosh, it's almost like you know Christmas in, in, uh, in May, and then all of a sudden, not so fast. We'll get council presidents... Uh, Tibbetts take on that because I if you didn't hear me say it let me say it real quickly now council president I believe that Mazio Armato and Tibbet stepping up yesterday before the decision was even made and endorsing Marty Small went a long way towards Chairman Mike Suleiman saying look he's got the support of the legislative uh, team at the state level in the district he's got the 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 support of the the legislative head of city government Tibbet and he is the incumbent, and I, I believe that you guys put Marty Small over the top in a way that maybe he couldn't even do for himself. He can only say, look, I think I'm the mayor. I've done a good job. Why would you give to somebody that's never really run for anything and never won anything? Uh, you know, this is outrageous. And I mean, I think this external help was the tipping point. I really believe that. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Early in the morning. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. Information. This is Hurley in the Morning. Ah, Harry Hurley. That is a great name. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and WPGTalkRadio.com. Thank you very much. Welcome back. Council President Tibbet. I, I have to give credit where credit's due. I'm not a big fan of Vince Mazio. Uh, actually, I even think less of John Armato because most people don't even know what he looks like or what he sounds like. And this guy's been in, I think it's possible for this is the third term. It's at least the second. Uh, but they stepped up yesterday, and so did you. And that's not without peril because in the case of Mazio and Armato, 
the, I don't even have to talk to Craig Calloway about this one. They're they're both out of office right now, and Assemblyman Gunther and Risley are uh, voting for us in Trenton. If Craig Calloway does not, and it, I think it was reluctantly, but reluctantly support Mazio and our motto last time. So Mazio doing what he did. He, he, I know he's listening right now. Good morning, Vince. He, he, get as much done as you can in the next year and a half because it's over. You're done. What the Republicans should do is just nominate Risley and Gunther again and just get out of their way. It's over because without Craig's support, Vince Mazio and John Armato would not have won in District 2. He denies that. He lies. I speak the truth on this point, and all you have to do is do what I did, go to the tabulars, go to the numbers. So this is a criticism of Mazio in one hand, but it's really a compliment because he's flushed his career down the tubes because it's over for him. He can't win next time. But he went with Marty Small instead of going with Craig Calloway and going with the vote of the Atlantic City Democratic Committee. I have to say this, Council President Tibbet, it was a courageous thing to do. Harry, it was the right thing to do. I Harry. agree with that, too. I'm, I'm, Harry, I, I'm in office. I'm a big boy. And I depend... Harry, I, I diversified everything I had between South Florida and New Jersey so that if I ever had to make a tough decision, I was never going to allow someone to hold my my, uh, my my home or any my job or anything. And I've never taken a job from anybody in 14 years in government to where a job could be taken away from me and hurt my family on the decision that I made. This was the right decision for Atlantic City. And there's nobody that has openly supported the Callaway family and recognized what they did more than I have. I have all those people that have always been out there acting like the Craig's friend behind closed doors but wouldn't dare be seen standing next to him in public. And Craig knows that. This isn't about Craig and me, Craig and Marty, or Craig and anybody else. This is about the right candidate to move the city of Atlantic City together. And what my final decision to based upon was from Panfield's mouth my ears was, and I told Craig this, that you're making one of the biggest mistakes of ever picking a candidate and picking Panfields for the, all the wrong reasons. Panfields was so far up Marty's you-know-what when she thought that she was going to be able to get him to call her deputy mayor. She agreed to a job with a $30,000 raise. Her boyfriend, whatever, was... Got a home. Marty helped put place him in housing. Get him a house when he couldn't. They were talking to Marty three, four times a day. And then when Marty said, there is no deputy mayor's position, she went bananas on him. You know, if Marty had said yes to a deputy mayor's position, we wouldn't be talking today. She wouldn't be all cozy and uh, fuzzy and warm and fuzzy with Craig today and his family. She would be sitting in the mayor's office calling herself deputy mayor. So out of an anger thing, she's running an anger campaign, which she's truly not just, she's not qualified. Where does she get her qualifications? This is an anger run. You could say on the radio and everywhere else, you could repeat what Marty has done and uh, say you're going to do the same things. But listen, me and Marty disagree on a lot of different issues out there. But we're men enough to put the city first. So she's not a qualified candidate. 
She's definitely not trustworthy. I found that out firsthand. I don't find her to be very trustworthy. I think she tells a lot of stories down to and including. She's not, I'm Sheila Oliver's niece. No, you're not. Wake up this morning. You just heard breaking news. You're not Sheila Oliver's niece. So, and, you know, the, the stories that come out of her mouth. Has, are, so are let me get this straight. Has she proclaimed to be Sheila Oliver's niece? All the time. All the time. And then we're finding out to be factual that she's not. Like, what are you doing to be yourself? You know, start at baby steps. Start at the bottom. Run for school board. Learn the system. Move your way up. But I'm more upset at the fact that, you know, if you were given what you were demanding, Marty's the greatest guy in the world, and I'm supporting him. But because he said, no, I'm not giving you that type of position, there is no position like that. Now you want to run a scorched earth campaign that the city needs healing? The city will be on Xanax after a year of her. I mean, come on, Harry. Well, the city is going in the right direction. Marty Smalls works great with city council. I, as council president, it's been... One of the, my best years ever, getting things done in the community because I picked that phone up. I have the ability to call the mayor's office. The mayor tells me, call a director, direct, and people call me with complaints. I'm able to get things done within days, Harry. Um, working with the state on the budget, getting all types of grants for the city. Marty has a good relationship with them. He's proven it. I followed him, you know, I followed in his steps where working with the state as council president, continuing where he left off. Council president, two-minute drill before the top of the hour, but we have a whole other half hour coming up, and the mayor is going to join us. But let me try to squeeze this in. When we take out, I believe in doing the right thing, and I believe in all of that, but now let's just talk brass politics. How tough is it going to be? Now, it got made better because Small is in the regular Democratic column. If he had if he had lost Callaway and that whole vote by mail juggernaut and was relegated to some other column on the ballot, that would have been I think that would have been very, very tough. Uh how do you feel that Marty Small's chances are uh in the in the July seventh primary with him being in column A but not having Craig's support? Well going through the door with Marty through this pandemic and the uh Vote no campaign to seniors. Uh, you know, a lot of people have recognized traditional people that were not fans of his. You know, I found it to be very complimentary to him how they tell him what such a good job he's been doing. So as far as Craig goes, I Craig knows I've never, ever misled him and have always given him some really good sound advice about people, including Bob McDevitt. And... I'm just hoping that Craig says, George has never hurt me. I better listen to what he's saying and think about it. She was not going to be friends of the Callaways until Marty Small said no to Deputy Mayor. She would have turned her back on the Callaways as well. And that's what upsets me right now is because Craig is allowing himself to be used. And, and, and you know, I, Craig... Hold, said, hold it right there, Council President. We're coming back in just four minutes. And when we come back, we will have the leader of the executive branch, the chief executive officer, the mayor of Atlantic City, Marty Small, and the leader of the legislative branch, Atlantic City Council President George Tibbet, in a early in the morning exclusive. 95.5 FM and 1450 AM, WPGG Atlantic City, WENJ 97.3 HD3 Millville. 
More places are opening back up across America. I'm Dave Anthony, Fox News. Eleven states are lifting corona restrictions today, including one of the hardest hit by the virus, Louisiana. Fox's Evan Brown has more live. Yeah, Dave, like many other states in a so-called phase one reopening, Louisiana will allow retail stores and restaurants to reopen at limited capacity, but no bars even in New Orleans, where partying crowds used to be the norm. No one's going to be able to to uh, stand around um, and, and have uh, drinks. Louisiana Governor John Bell Edwards, barbers and salons can open with limited capacity. Employees of businesses reopening will need to wear masks, Dave. CDC is out with guidelines, benchmarks to meet for reopening places like schools and community centers and offices and camps with social distancing at the heart of it. Now, there have been rising cases in some states still and worry about the virus is keeping restrictions in place in Pennsylvania. But President Trump said while he was in Allentown. We have to get your governor of Pennsylvania to start opening up a little bit. You have areas of Pennsylvania that are barely affected. And there's a big protest planned at the state capitol later today in Harrisburg. Parts of New York are allowed to reopen today, but not near New York City. Hardest hit in this corona crisis. House Democrats plan a vote today on their plan to stimulate this corona-battered economy with another $3 trillion. It would give another round of direct payments to people, extend extra unemployment, give hazard pay to essential workers, and money for cash-strapped states. Republicans want to wait. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi It's amazing to me how much patience and how much tolerance some can have for the pain of others. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell says there's a lot in it unrelated. There's money in there for illegal immigrants. It mentions the word cannabis, of all things. America's listening to Fox News. We're all in uncharted territory, looking for ways to support our communities. At Dell Technologies, we're making sure small businesses have the right tech solutions. Dell Technologies advisors are here for you, from helping small businesses stay connected and productive while working remotely with Windows 10 and Microsoft Teams, to rapidly deploying remote work solutions that limit upfront costs with Dell Financial Services. We're standing by you every step of the way. Call 877-ASK-DELL. That's 877-ASK-DELL. Right now, it feels like the world's standing still. But if you look to the land, it's a whole different story. From farms to backyards, wheels are turning, seeds are being planted, animals are getting fed, grass is growing, and families are giving their all to the soil. Because no matter how uncertain things get, the land never stops. So to all those linked to the land, John Deere says thank you. We're here for you because we all run together. Nothing runs like a deer. WBG Talk Radio 95.5 weather from Chief Meteorologist Dan Zero. Today is our big warm-up day. Following a few early morning showers, we'll see a mix of sun and clouds and we'll feel a warming breeze today. High temperatures around 82 degrees. It'll be cooler on barrier islands and along the Delaware Bay. There is a chance for a shower or thunderstorm tonight. It'll be partly cloudy and warm with a low of 66. Tomorrow, still warm, less humid. More prominent sea breeze, though. High falls to 72. Nice day with partly to mostly cloudy skies. Only 62 with clouds and showers Sunday. I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zarrow on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. 
Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Hey, thanks very much. Welcome back. Coming up in 30 minutes, we scored, thank you, Don P. Hurley, we scored the first interview in the country. The band, the group, the musical group, whatever you want to call them, America, because if you just say America, you have to have context. Jerry Beckley, Dewey Bunnell, Dan Peake. The group America have never authorized a biography in their 50-year career as a band until now. And I have to get to the bottom of how this very young woman, who wasn't even really around for most of their career, got yes out of Jerry Beckley and Dewey Bunnell when other people have tried over many, many decades, and they just wouldn't do it. So she obviously has some talent that they they picked her to be the person that would basically represent them at their 50th anniversary of their band. So it's really it's I mean, the, the America story is great, but I just I have to get to the bottom of that. How did she how did she get them to say yes when all they did for decade after decade was say no? All right. We were talking about him behind his back. Let's talk to him now. Council President. George Tibbet continues, and we welcome to the program the mayor of Atlantic City, who you have to say, listen, if you love Marty Small, if you hate Marty Small, if you're indifferent to Marty Small, you got to say the guy's had a hell of a week. What will probably turn out to be a four-to-one mandate on the ballot question, keeping the form of government as it is. And somebody wrote me that the cartel and nothing's going to change. I put, well, the cartel just won four to one. So, you know, I was snarky on purpose because, come on. I mean, you got to, even if you don't want to, you have to acknowledge truth. I mean, it, it, that was an ass whooping. Let's just, let's just be honest about that. Let's be, let's be fair about that. And then yesterday, and I felt really good about this because I don't really – involve myself in too many things i like to talk about what's happening write about what's happening but not involve myself but i decided yesterday to go all in on small i went big on small uh and wrote a pretty extensive piece on on why small should be in that column a ballot position because he's earned it and it was nothing against Pam Fields, who I've known for a long time, but there's just not a there's not a comparison in pedigree when you're when you're looking at one over the other. The the only reason to choose Pam Fields for the regular Democrat column would be because she got the nomination or the, the vote of the Atlantic City Democratic Committee. I'm not that's not lost on me, but when you weigh all the other variables and intangibles and everything else, there's no doubt in my mind, Vince Mazio. John Armato, George Tibbet, and others, uh, Steve Sweeney, let me bring him up. A friend of mine in Trenton told me that uh, the president of the New Jersey Senate wanted Marty Small to be in the regular Democratic line. Uh, so he had a lot going for him uh, in terms of resume, and he had a lot going for, them, for him in terms of momentum, in terms of performance during the pandemic. And, of course, you can't ignore what happened on Tuesday because – by a wide margin, the people had a shot to take Small out on Tuesday and Tibbet and all of them. And they went the other way by an overwhelming majority where nobody even cares what is the vote because it was such a massive 
win that it just went away as quick as it was there. So joining us now is Mayor Small and Council President Tibbett remains. Mayor, good morning and uh, welcome to Hurley in the Morning, sir. Well, uh, good morning, Harry, and good morning to your listening audience. And um, I would like to say to you, uh, thank you for the kind words and your extensive column. Um, it doesn't go unnoticed, and I truly appreciate it. And to uh, the council president, uh, George Tibbet, um, I thank you wholeheartedly from the bottom of my heart um, for your strong endorsement. Uh, it means a lot. Mayor, thank you. Uh, yeah. Thanks for noticing. Now, I spoke, but now let me give – it's more important to give you the opportunity to speak. Uh, I'm now on the record, and I've been on the record about this. I think it's pretty clear. But how did that feel? Because I have to believe this was in doubt. I mean, you had the Atlanta County Democratic chairman that has to weigh everything. Oh, my God, how do I not pick the incumbent? But if I pick the incumbent, I'm going against Craig Calloway. And look at all those votes that if he gets mad at me, then and what am I going to do? And and really, he was in he was in a tough you might think and I'm not saying you do. But anybody when I say you, I mean, anybody out there thinking might think, oh, come on small or somebody that really nobody knows small or somebody that's never really ran for something and come on it's the he's the incumbent you know look what just happened on tuesday if they didn't like him uh they would have voted against him and tibbet and the rest of them so it sounds like it was so easy but i don't think it was because going against the vote of the democratic committee uh that's no small thing uh, pun intended so how are you feeling I remember every interview, I couldn't get it out of you. How do you like your chances? Do you think that the county chairman would, would go against the, the Democratic committee and, and pick you for the regular Democratic line? And i got to give you credit. You were very disciplined, and you, you, you finessed it every time I asked it. But now you got it, and it's in writing, and it's over, and you're in the regular Democratic column line. How did you like your chances all along? Well, uh, Harry, I love my chances, and uh, you have to understand, uh, as I stated, uh, no disrespect uh, to anyone or anybody on the um, Democratic committee or them as a whole, but um, I believe that they made their decision not based on performance, not based on policy, but based on personality and feelings. Um, quite frankly, she has more friends on that Democratic committee than I do. But if you look at the Democratic committee as a whole, I mean, they definitely don't speak for the entire city of Atlantic City. So that's not a large sampling. However, you know, you've been around a while and everyone else knows that the county chair uh, has the final say. And no matter what county chairman has been in office, um, they've always reversed decisions uh, of Atlantic City. So um, I commend uh, Chairman Suleiman. Uh, for showing the courage. I commend Vince Mazio and John Armado, as well as uh, Council President Tibbet, as well as everybody else um, out there that supported me. And listen, it's a, it, it, it was a tough decision, but if you, uh, you know, put uh, the tail of the tape of, of both candidates, or including Jimmy Whitehead, who's a candidate as well, you will see that experience, uh, resume, accomplishments, and performance. Listen, we came in the mayor's office in a crisis seven months ago. If I would have fumbled the ball, dropped the ball, and the community would have said, man, this guy waited all his time to be mayor, and this is what he's doing, that <laughs> vote could have went the other way. But I came in, I stabilized the ship. Um, you know, we've accomplished some things. 
you know, we have things in place when the pandemic is over and I'm, I'm just humble. And you have to remember in these positions that we sign up for, you have to make tough gut wrenching decisions. And at the same time, at the end of the day, people are men and they have to go by principle. And you know, the saying tough times don't last tough people do. And I do want to say, because I haven't had an opportunity to say too many good things about him for a while, i got to give Mazio credit. Our motto just follows along, so I give him less credit, but I give him credit too. But for Mazio to go against the decider that reelected him, because without Craig, Vince Mazio would have been endorsing you as uh, a fruit stand owner, uh, and he went against the guy that was the decider, Obviously, that's not going to bode well for him going forward, but he chose, i got to give him credit, he chose to do what he thought was right over the politically expedient. And even if you just think about your own personal interests, he did something there that was probably against his own self-interests. i got to give credit for something like that. Yes, but um, as I stated, you know, and I often said this, if Atlantic City is as important to the region, to the state, or wherever, people have to make the right choice. And, you know, I believe that it's a no-brainer. Um, you know, like I said, when you look at the other candidates, you know, I you know, I exceed them in the um, aforementioned qualities that I mentioned earlier in the interview. And the, the fact of the matter is, you know, the majority of the people in Atlantic City are saying that I'm doing a good job. And we have some data from our phone campaign, and it revealed as such. It's just not me saying it, and, and, and I say it with all humbleness, but it's people in all six wards that have been uh, complimentary of myself and my administration. Um, like I said, a lot of people, you know, probably thought that I wanted to just come in this for the title or, you know, yes, I accomplished something and not do anything. But, you know, we had a robust plan that we presented to 1,200-plus people um, at the NBCA. We presented it to the PR Council, and we presented it up and down the state and around the region. And people uh, like the fact that I came in with a solid game plan, and we've been accomplishing things. And if Atlantic City is as important as everyone says, you know, we need to keep that momentum going and, uh, you know, keep me in office because at the end of the day, I have done nothing. And I repeat, I have done nothing to have the voters of Atlantic City say that, you know what, we want another change for another year. And then, you know, we'll deal with this, you know, again next year. So it's a good point. Hold right there. We're going to have 15 minutes left with uh, the Atlantic City Council President George Thibodeau still here and Atlantic City Mayor Marty Small. And then, as I mentioned, we have the America Band uh, biographer coming up right after the 8.30 break. That's Jude Warren, back with the mayor and the council president of the World's Playground, WPG. With both uh, mayor and council president, I am. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. 